0: going on everybody welcome back to the brothers fantasy football podcast that podcast by two brothers from the same mother giving you their takes on fantasy football as usual it is your boy Derek, and again here with that big bro daryl daryl my man week four is in the books this thing just keeps on moving going along how you feeling man
1: i'm good i'm i'm good man this was a very very interesting week both fantasy wise and from like real nfl results wise you know you you know you never know how you you can you never know to be able to predict like how everything is going to go but yet and still you still find yourself surprised like every week like damn the bucks are three and one and so yeah <laughs> you know it's uh it's it, it's been a real interesting week and uh you know i'm Glad to sit here and talk about it for a little bit.
0: Yeah, and to your point on the Bucks, you know somebody's got to win that NFC South, and why not Baker Mayfield, man? Why not? <laughs>
1: I'm with that. I'm I'm with that. Now, he just a quick aside, you know, he did talk a little a little out the side of his neck about my Astros, but um, you know, all, all in all, all in all, I have kind of, I have kind of. You know, like Baker a, a, a little bit. So, you know, to to see him not just be so viciously maligned all the time, I think uh <laughs> I think it's good to see. I I really hope I'm not gonna find out he's problematic in some way, um, after having said that though.
0: Yeah, I have nothing good to say on him, it'll only be about fantasy-wise. I mean, the man did go to OU and Texas Tech, and I'm a Texas fan, so I got no love for this man. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of that. It's going to be our usual episode here. We're going to have our wrap it up segment um, going over the highlights, lowlights, and whatnot. We'll uh, go into waivers, a.k.a. I got five on it. And, of course, we'll end the show with a little DBB, give the update to our spreadsheets. But let's go ahead and get it started, man, with a little wrap that is show B. Shout-outs to Dave Chappelle for that wonderful segment over a decade ago on his show, wrap it up. This is where we basically go over what happened this week. Give our fantasy takes. First thing we have here, the run quarterbacks are back. Not that they ever really left, but um, at least five of the top six quarterbacks this week were those running quarterback archetypes. um, Those guys that essentially we were drafting early, um, in rounds, you know, kind of going from as early as round two through round six. Those guys balled out in hoop. And a sprinkle of another guy that went a little bit later. But let's start with QB1 on the week. We got Josh Allen, Buffalo quarterback, hoop, balled out against Miami. His team also won that game as well. 21 for 25, 320 passing yards with four touchdowns. And then gave you a touchdown on the ground in four attempts and 17 yards there. I'm going to turn it over to you. What did you see from Josh Allen and that Buffalo offense in this game?
1: So, yeah, up, up to this point, he hadn't been bad or anything for fantasy, but like we talked about last week, he hadn't had that, you know, ultra ceiling game that, that, that you know, you, you had drafted him for. And boy, howdy, did he come out and do it this week? Um, <laughs> you know, like, like you mentioned, the, that's the thing, like the four passing touchdowns and the one rushing touchdown is the kind of thing where, you know, we expect this from him, not, you know, not on a weekly basis, but like this isn't some some out of this world thing, because, again, we were drafting this dude in the second or third round. So, you know, right. it was it, it was good to see him get get on the board and in this way, especially, you know, like th- this man just had a vendetta. Uh, <laughs> it's like, he, he was tired of all that. Talk about the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he, he he came out he came out and did his thing. Um, you know they're off to London next week to play the Jaguars, who surprisingly aren't an easy win through the air. Um, so yeah, that, that that'll be an interesting uh, game to see if he can you know go back to back on this um on this kind of high flying ceiling type performance. But yeah, man, good to see that out of him.
0: Yeah, really good to see him. And earlier to your point, like yeah, it wasn't like he was just bad out here or something like that. It's just that we hadn't got that elevated Josh Allen performance, and we did here. Um, of course, Stefan Diggs, amazing performance here. That man hooped. Was it two touchdowns he had, or was it a three-burger? I believe it was a three. I believe it was three. It was three. Just pulled it up. Three um, touchdowns, 120 yards with six receptions. Um, the, the other note I had on Buffalo offense, well, two notes I had, uh, Gabe Davis had another touchdown here. He's out there running a the route, seventy-six percent of the routes, seeing a fourteen percent target share. Look, if you drafted this man as a flex wide receiver, you know more towards a lower tier wide receiver three, upper tier four. He's pretty much doing what's expected. He's having those up and down performances, and he's having games where he's going to give you wide receiver two finishes. He hasn't had that big explosion game yet, but. He probably will at some point. And then shout-outs to James Cook, finally reaching that end zone. Only on 29 yards this week on uh, 12 rushes. But, hey, this man can actually run into the end zone. Move over, Latavius Murray.
1: Yeah, and also shout-out Devon HM. Yeah.
0: This
1: man followed it up. He followed it up with another smash, looking like like an early season – in an early season league winner, not not necessarily a an all-league league winner, but like early season, yeah, he's um he's definitely on that short list of breakouts.
0: He is, he is. And we have a segment later on where the guy I'm about to mention, we probably could discuss him there. But I just want to get your thoughts. How are you feeling about um any roster with Jalen Waddle right now? It's um
1: I tell you, oh, I I have not missed several spots. I'm not I'm not terribly happy right now. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, you know, it was late second, early third round. A guy that you thought had a chance to, you know, push for bottom tier wide receiver one type status, and it just hasn't come off that way. Now it's. You know, it's really unfortunate that you know they go out and they score seventy points, and that happens to be the game that he's out. You, you have to right. imagine that that maybe he would have got just a small little piece of that, and we'd all be a little bit happier. And then he comes back and plays the Buffalo uh, defense, and you know, they ain't no easy win. So um, I'm not, I'm not giving up on him or anything like that, but um, it it has been a bit of a struggle given what you had to invest uh, to to get him.
0: Yeah, it has been. I do think better days are ahead, but I, I do have concern along with you. But, you know, if you want to take it into account, you know, Tua did have 35 attempts, and he saw five targets, which was t- – tied him being Waddle saw five targets, which was tied with Tyreek, Raheem, Mostert, and uh, A-Chan as well. So I think better days are ahead here. All right um to the next game we have our next quarterback rather anthony richardson what a baby rookie 11 for 28 passing 200 yards not great completion percentage there but did have two touchdowns but gave you 56 yards rushing and a tutty there what you think about mr richardson in this game versus the rams
1: this was the whole thesis for drafting him and for, for people being high on him during the draft season, he could go out in a game and like you mentioned, throw sub 50% um, completion percentage for the game and still come out as the quarterback too. the man is the definition of having a lot of outs. Like there, there are a lot of ways that he can make his numbers in a given fantasy day. And it's, it's, you know, for people who drafted him, it's paying off. It's paying off wonderful. You know, it's kind of scary to think that there's more ceiling here because one, he could tighten up on the passing and get you know a little, a little sharper with that. He already has two top four finishes, and that's with sitting out a week in week three, mm-hmm. getting knocked out of getting knocked out of the game in week two after scoring two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. Right. (laughs) And then um, getting knocked out of the game in week one, where they um, where the Colts were going in and had a, and had a goal line opportunity. Like he's, he's, he's giving you like the, the the uppercase scenario for what, um, for, for what you could have possibly envisioned, especially this early. And you know like i said it's scary to think there there could be a lot more ceiling here for, for a guy who's already you know doing it to this level
0: yeah absolutely uh like you mentioned like this is what you envisioned if you drafted anthony richardson and from what i remember and he was going maybe around like ninth or tenth round um around like that kind of Dak and later on daniel jones Geno territory um, well, a little above those guys. But, yeah, if you have him right now, like, you have a QB1 in your hand. Like, there's no way he doesn't finish as a QB1 without injury. And he has upsides to be QB5 or higher on the season, depending on how things go. Um, now, the receiving options, you know, it wasn't anything great for them on Indy today. Uh, both of the touchdowns went to tight ends. And apparently they have another a tight end I didn't know about with Andrew Ogletree. It just seems like they have a slew of just six, four and up guys, 250 pounds plus that, that can just go out there and get touchdowns. Uh, but, yeah, him and Mo Alley Cox had the touchdowns there. Um, did you have any other notes with the Colts and anything with the Rams you wanted to highlight?
1: Um, yeah, it's like like you mentioned, it's a little bit of a – um, you know, a depressing situation with the receivers uh, yeah. for, for for Anthony Richardson, but that was that was kind of to be expected. Like you know, pe- people would, you know, you, we were throwing darts at Michael Pittman, and you didn't have to invest too much in him. And you know, it's, it's probably going to be the kind of thing where Michael Pittman goes off once every three or four weeks. And with with, with the price you paid, it's gonna it's it, it, it's gonna be fine. Um The secondary pass catchers, like. You know, you would have thought maybe Alec Pierce would have been worked in a little more. Um, but, yeah, it's it's nothing outside the realm of what we thought was going to happen. You know, rookie quarterback right. um, with a high rushing floor, trying to support multiple passing game options. That was never, like, really going to happen. Um, as far as Rams, Puka Nakua keeps on trucking. It's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when um, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think anything's been said for certain that Cooper Cup is coming back this next week, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Stafford throwing some absolute lasers out there um, in in that game. I think he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on, and we'll we'll talk about this. But he's going to a guy to have on your radar as we start entering these bye weeks coming up coming up here. Um, But yeah, I I think that's a very fantasy viable. a fantasy viable offense going forward from from stafford's position so yeah we'll, we'll circle back to him a little bit later
0: yeah my i just have a quick note on stafford like i think he could legitimately be a league winning quarterback for you um part of the well the main reason for this is like his game so far he's thrown 38 passes 55 33 and 40 passes so he is slanging this thing. And you know, if Cooper Cup is able to come back this week or relatively soon, like that's just another weapon that you add to this offense with the emergence of Puka. You have Tutu doing his thing. Uh Tyler Higby is still in this offense. So this offense may be able to just explode. And so far, Matt Stafford only has three touchdowns. Like again, you had Cooper Cup in there, and this offense keeps humming. Like this man could explode. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very. interested. He certainly
1: do for some. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My bad. No,
0: I was just saying I'm interested in him, but again, we'll talk about him later.
1: Yeah, he's certainly due for some regression. He has over 1,200 yards passing and only three touchdowns. Like that's, yeah, some, some something's got to give there. Kyron Williams can't take them all. Or <laughs> <you> would <think. laughs>
0: One would think. Next quarterback we got Justin Fields. Welcome back, my man. I believe I have – or we have him as QB3 here on the week. Uh, 28 for 35, 335 yards with four passing touchdowns. Justin Fields with four of them? Okay. Did throw that pick at the end, um, but did have four rushes for 25 yards. Shytown, town talk to me about them, my man.
1: Yeah, we saw signs of life um, from from Justin Fields. It was a hell of a bounce-back game after looking basically borderline unplayable. Um, for weeks, for weeks two and three. Now the thing is, they were playing against the Denver defense. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. Is it Uchi Wally or is it one Mike? Um, we <laughs> right. gotta figure out. <laughs> we, we we gotta figure out what's going on here with with that. Um, the thing, what I guess one thing we could look forward to is over the next four weeks, they play the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders. And the Chargers, and all four of those teams, are in the top eleven as far as most points given up to the quarterback. So, Ooh. if this is the beginning of a turnaround, he'll certainly have the right backdrop um, against you know to to play against. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what's you know like, like I said like what what was it? What was it that defense or is there is there something down the pipe coming from him? Um, especially like the last little point, it took him like four or five or six weeks to get going last season, I believe, before he just had his fantasy explosion. So um, I don't know, maybe he's just a slow starter and these next few games are going to really get him right.
0: Yeah, I think the matchup obviously had a good part to do with this, but you know, he actually looked good from the highlights that I saw. I wasn't able to directly watch this game. Um, Shout-outs to DJ Moore. Like, man, good performance for him. His stats were eight for 131 and one touchdown with nine targets. And then Cole Komet, of course, he had a a Komet game here with uh, two tutties as well. I'll kind of talk about him a little bit later.
1: For sure. Um, As far as Denver, um, they just kind of – offensively they just kind of keep plugging away like um Russ is like low-key having a decent a decent season especially low for fantasy key. especially especially from where you drafted him like you know in our little in, in our best ball league he's qb5 and like in okay. like more regular scoring um setup leagues he's like around qb9 so um yeah he, he he's really kind of getting it done like from an efficiency uh, st- standpoint, and it seems not to be fluky. This is four weeks in a row now, so um, that's that, that's something that's definitely been on my radar, and he's probably like a streaming option too if he's still um, if, if he's still floating around on waiver wise.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Things are going to get a little real for him. He's going to have the Jets then head to Kansas City for the Chiefs, Gets the Packers, which have been, you know, a little friendly to quarterback scoring, but then he'll get the Chiefs again after that. So, you know, two games against the Chiefs, one against the Jets. We're about to see what Russ has really made up here for us in the month of October. Yeah, for sure. Um, Any other notes you had on Denver? Uh, Courtland
1: Sutton got into the end zone again. Um, Uh, again. Marvin Mills. (laughs) Marvin Mims got his route participation up to 39%. Um okay. which yeah, you 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 like to see it going up. I just right before we we got on to talk though, I saw that they are signing Traquan Smith. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> that boy, that boy Sean Payton just back on his uh back on his BS again, man. Just, um but yeah, that was kind of encouraging to see from Marvin Mims. I think that leaves him still at the very least as a stash. Because um, he actually did produce, I believe he leads the team. He leads the team in uh, receiving yards. So um, you know, Greg Dolchers will so come back soon. Um, you know, it's nothing overly exciting about their pass catching, um, but you know, there's there's some guys that are intriguing.
0: I guess I would say. Right, right, and also uh, J- Jalil McLaugh- McLaughlin factored into this game with an injury with Javante Williams, but I'll kind of discuss him a little bit later, unless you had any notes you wanted to give on him right now.
1: No, we can hit them in waivers.
0: For shizzle, we move. Next quarterback we want to discuss here is Lamar, or aka Lamarvelous Jackson. Uh, Shout-outs again to the NFL chick. 15 for 19 in this game with 186 yards with two tutties. And then he rushed for two tutties on nine attempts for twenty-seven yards. Lamar producing against a tough defense. Talk to me about it, Daryl.
1: Yeah, I was I was down on him coming into this matchup because the Cleveland defense has just been they, they they've been lights out, and you know you look at Lamar goes fifteen for nineteen for one hundred and eighty-six yards. That's that's not great. And then yeah. he he ran nine times, but only got twenty seven only got twenty seven yards. That's not great. But Lamar is a damn cheat code. Out of out of that bit of production, he squeezed out four touchdowns. It's like it's like all right. Um, do not question this man anymore. I won't be doing that. Um, you know he's whatever it takes. He's gonna make it shake. It it, it seems like. And this is kind of a. <laughs> I don't know. This is kind of an all-timer kind of performance to to be that productive with so little production. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get how or I don't get how how, how he did that, but he's Lamar Jackson, that's why you drafted him. Um, where you did now the I guess kind of the offshoot of that was um, you know, with such little passing production, there wasn't a whole lot of room for for the pass catchers to eat. Mark Andrews did his thing, um, believe it was five for 80. And two touchdowns, that didn't leave much for 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 anybody else, given that Lamar only threw for 186 yards. Um, so you know, that that may have been a little disappointing. Zay Flowers was like, okay, but then they didn't have Odell or Payton in, in any way. So you probably weren't playing t- you maybe you maybe threw a dart at, at Aguilar, but um yeah, ho- hopefully more prolific days are coming where everybody can eat. Um in, as far as uh, the Baltimore offense goes. But at the very least, you know, Lamar is pulling up a seat at the dinner table.
0: Yeah, Lamar Lamar was on his Denzel. I'm leaving here with something in this game. But, you know, a lot – well, not a lot, but a couple of these touchdowns were set up from interceptions thrown by um, DTR. So, you know, it – Again, the numbers for Lamar, like you mentioned, it wasn't anything that's just the passing numbers, that is, was just great or anything. But it was just one of those games where, you know, they they got a couple interceptions, got some decent field position, and Lamar cashed in. Um, And so you love to see that for Lamar, and hopefully he continues that forward. On the Cleveland side, I think this is just a game you just ball up and throw away, and you see them in two weeks. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah, they, they they really did miss Deshaun. The, the I I wasn't expecting big things from DTR, but you know from what he showed in in, in preseason, and I just loved watching that dude when he was at UCLA um, the last couple yeah. of years. I thought that <laughs> I thought that maybe there there could be a little spark or something there, but um, yeah, it got it, it got pretty ugly.
0: It did. It did. Next quarterback and last one coming in at QB six, we had Jalen Hurts. 25 for 37, 319 yards with two touchdowns, and also had 34 yards rushing on nine attempts. Talk to me about those Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly, baby. Yeah, it was
1: it was a good enough day from from Jalen. I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier about we still haven't seen that you know that, that week winning ceiling type game from Josh Allen until this past week. We're still waiting on one from, from Jalen. this game was, this game for me was cool. You know, it was good. He he was a quarterback six, you know, you can't, you can't too much complain about that. Kind of got lucky environment wise that the, um, that the Sam Howell led Washington commanders were able to push Philadelphia to, um, to, to, to to pass the ball as much as, as as they did, Um, you know, 319 yards, two touchdowns. You'll, you'll take that, If I tell you Jalen rushes nine times and he only comes away with 34 yards, that's slightly disappointing. And his his rushing has hasn't been what we kind of hope for this year. You know, Um, in in his career, he's five yards per carry when rushing. And this year he's down to three point four. So there's maybe kind of sort of something going on with with that right now i don't i don't really have my finger on the pulse of why that is i just know that it is um but you know on on the bright side this was kind of his best passing performance of the season he had been you know kind of kind of shaky as a passer in the three games before this so it was it, it was good to see him kind of kind of flex um a little bit and aj brown oh my goodness oh my Whoa. goodness just him he's He's got dog levels of dog. Like <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this man here, um, and Devonte with, with the spectacular catch as ever. Dallas Goddard starting to get starting to need a little Maylocks with that whole situation. <laughs> um, but 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 yeah, j- j- just to circle back to 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 Jalen, there were some good things. To take away from this, and maybe it's a maybe it's like the step in the right direction that's gonna un- unlock him to just give our fantasy opponents headaches when, when we show up with Jalen in the lineup. For sure, for sure.
0: Like my main note here is kind of around those running backs. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift is pretty much cemented himself as the lead back here. Uh, he did lead in snaps, had fit 64% of the snaps. 58 percent of the rushing attempts and running 47 percent of the routes um so pretty much on route route wise him and Kenneth gainwell are pretty much splitting that work but yeah this is pretty much deandre's backfield from uh rushing perspective um so yeah you you get injured you get hurt you have a bomb performance and now your, your spot gets a little bit hawked that's just the way it go man
1: yeah, and it's you know it's unfortunate for Kenny Gainwell that he has DeAndre Swift sitting behind him, or had him sitting behind him. Um, you right. know It's 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 just like you have this super hyper efficient little jitterbug who can do a little bit of everything. It's uh you know, it's a it's a tough scene.
0: Real tough scene indeed. Um, real quickly on the Washington side, those pass catchers seeing. You know, elite targets, Um, Terry McLaurin, 10 targets, Um, Jahan Dawson with nine, and Curtis Samuel even saw eight in this game. So, you know, those three are the target leaders there. Hopefully better days ahead for Jahan. He did score a touchdown here late. I don't know how he was kind of open the way he was late, but he was there. He got the touchdown. Um, But, yeah, shout-outs to Terry, though, 8 for 86. Good to see that from him.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they had been kind of, you know, kind of shaky to start, to start the year with the way they had been spreading out the, um, the way they had been spreading out the targets. We, we, you know, fantasy managers were hoping for a little bit more of a condensed, um, con- condensed target share just between those two, and then everybody else got got scraps. So it was, it was good to kind of see that play out um, for, like the first time this year.
0: Right. Right. All right, well, let's get off of these quarterbacks here. Let's get into a little bit of running back talk. Just wanted to discuss um, some of these backfields from a fantasy perspective. The first one we'll go with is the Detroit backfield with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Um, You know, they did play the Thursday night game, if you remember. And um, David Montgomery, hoop. Welcome on back. Um, he came back from the injury from week three, has 70 of the snaps, 76 of the rushing attempts, and over half of the routes. Um, you know, when you go out there and and draft a running back in the first round, actually kind of trade up for him. Well, you trade up, whatever, you gotta use David Montgomery, man. But at the same time, I'm being sarcastic here, but the man did ball out. 32 rushes, 121 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I'll, I'll hand it off to you, Daryl. What do you think about this backfield going forward from a fantasy perspective?
1: Um, I the, the takeaway where I'm at right now, it seems that when the Lions are in a positive game script, Monty's going to get the work. Um hmm Basically from a, I I went to Numberfire, number fire and I was looking at the the little the win probability graph and whatnot. And from about the early second quarter on, the Lions never saw a win probability below 85%. Like they were oh, wow. they they were yeah, they, they they were in control of that game. And Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson were like, David Montgomery, you're gonna carry us home 3.8 yards at a time, buddy. And uh, <laughs> and 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 he did, you know. It there's no, um you know, what what did Thanos say? Run from it, fight against it. Destiny comes all the same. If uh, <laughs> if if the if the Lions are winning, Montgomery's going to get that work. And um, M- Montgomery's, I mean, yeah, Montgomery's going to get that work, and Gibbs is just going to kind of be left to to get the breather back opportunities and, you know, kind of get out there for, for a few, um, for, for a few pass routes. Maybe we'll see things change up um, when, you know, as the season goes on, maybe they get a little bit more trust in Gibbs and, or the lions aren't just, you know, dominating a game for, for like that amount of time. Um, But, you know, if we, we, we gotta be realistic here, they want David, you know, It may it's a maybe it's a trust thing, I I don't know, but they want David Montgomery handling the load in that backfield, especially when they're up.
0: Right. And you know, even with them being up, if you will, like Jameer Gibbs still saw you know a target per route run rate in this game of 36%, and he which equated to five targets. So you know, he's still seeing some targets here, if you will. Now, it was four receptions for 11 yards, so nothing great there. It's just one of those things, like, as I mentioned, that's just the situation of what it is now. It seems as though they have plenty of trust in David Montgomery, especially when they have the lead and assault these games away. And Jameer Gibbs right now, pretty much he's a RB2, um, a lower-tier RB2 at that. And you know, you just kind of got to live with that with your lineup, obviously, unless you know you have two better running back spots there. I'm still I still would put him in as my RB2, but you know, otherwise, if you got two better options, go with them. Yep. All right. Next backfield, those Atlanta Falcons with uh Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Uh, For me, kind of what I'm seeing now, at least within the past two weeks, is kind of more usage and trust with Bijan. And that's kind of playing out in the rushing attempts. The past two games, he's seen over 50% of the rushing attempts, 56% in week three, 67 this past week against um, the the Jags. Um, Targets per route run, it's been around 19 to 20% in those two games. So Still seeing what I would say is fairly elite usage, running seventy percent of the snaps. So they're trending more towards him, but it's just one of those things that Tyler Algier ain't going nowhere.
1: Yeah, he's he's not, but you know, opportunity wise, Bijan yeah, Bijan eight in, in in this game, and he was extremely efficient. Fourteen rushes for one hundred and five yards. Um, five targets, five receptions for 32 yards. Like this is he, – he, he, he's getting his touches. He's out on the field a lot. And the kind of the kind of cool but also maybe a little bit sad thing is, you know, he's making his numbers off of – you know, he's getting volume. He's efficient with that volume. The thing that would take him to the next level is if he could just throw a touchdown or two. In there. um, Mm -hmm. And that that will vault him from what we see. I want to say he was, you know, he still got you a wide receiver, excuse me, a running back 11 finish this week, which is good without having, without scoring a touchdown. But, um, you know, Desmond Ritter just has this offense stuck in the mud. Um, (laughs) So it's, it's, for in order for Bijan to get to the end zone, he's gonna have to break one for 40, which he's totally capable of doing, but he'll probably do that once every three games, not, not not every game. Um but I I think maybe another kind of takeaway here could could be that, you know, I mentioned the game script thing with um with the workload for the Detroit backs. Um, you know, we we look at it with um with Atlanta and Jacksonville from this past week. From about the mid-second quarter on, Jacksonville was never any less than a seventy-five percent win probability um, for for the rest of the game. So you know that that means that Atlanta had to kind of open up the offense, and Bijan Bijan is the guy that they that they have out there for that. Um, you know maybe maybe Algiers, um, maybe Algiers, you know usage his snap share, um, what, what have you. Will will go up as Atlanta's in closer games or you know has more positive game script. But um, it, it seems like if they're going to be chasing the game, um, that's that's going to be Bijan time.
0: Agreed, agreed. Next running back, Josh Jacobs, man. More so here, just wanted to give him a shout out. Returning back to that top five running back um, as he was running back three this week now this performance i think a lot of it was influenced with the rookie quarterback as he saw 11 targets uh saw 13 which was crazy but uh a for 81 though that that was really juicy so if you happen to be a josh jacobs manager you know you're happy with this performance um i think it's still one of those things that better performances are coming from josh jacobs but you know just be aware that this performance i think was mainly sponsored by Aiden O'Connell starting the game. The a dot on those 11 targets was negative 0.4 yards, so <laughs> it was just a bunch of dink and dunk behind the field, behind a lot of scrimmage that is.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of check down um to 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 him from the rookie. Um but, you know, it was it, it it was good to see. Um you have to imagine when Jimmy gets by, gets back uh, next week, he raises the ceiling on the offense. And so, you know, I doubt that Jacobs sees that kind of target share. But with Jimmy raising the ceiling on the offense from what Aiden O'Connell was able to do, hopefully that just, you know, presents more scoring opportunities um, for yeah. um, and, and lighter boxes for, for Josh Jacobs. But, you know, to, to to the point that you mentioned, it was good to see Josh Jacobs get on the board. You know, he's, he, he, he's still with us.
0: Right, right. Finally, the, the last running back we want to mention here is Alvin Kamara. Um, coming back off the three-game suspension, 75% of the snaps, 61% of the rushing attempts, and 70% of the routes. 47% target per route run. Disgustingly nasty there. <laughs> That's just craziness. Yeah. Um, believe he saw 14 targets, caught 13 of those for <laughs> – a uh, putrid amount of yards <laughs> received. I think it was like thirty or thirty-three. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on Kamara back in this offense?
1: Man, this okay. So like usage-wise, yeah, you know, it can't get it, it can't get any better. Like as you know, just as let's let's take a step back from the target percentage because we know that's an outlier. But just from right. just from how much he was on the field, um, the his high percentage of routes. His high percentage of of snaps, j- just in general, that was good to see. There wasn't no easing him back in. Like he came back, and was the alpha in the backfield. Um, if I was a fantasy manager playing against him this week, I'm I'm livid. I'm I'm absolutely livid this morning that this man had 13 receptions that went for 33 yards, and he's going to get he's going to get 16. <laughs> Six points from that in a in, in, in a PPR like I'm 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 calling a meeting to get uh, to, to get some rule changes put in because that's that's oh, ridiculous. Um, but no, it was it was it, it, it was good to see him get back out there and you know just be just be come out from a usage standpoint again. Um, just that game in general, there, it seems Derek Carr had no business being out there. Um, No, that was all. Yeah. If that's all he was going to do, like what, what must Jameis look like in practice? Um, So, so yeah, that was, you have to imagine like either Jameis is going to get out there next week or Carr will, will be in a better position to actually throw the ball to the sticks or, or, or or something like that. Um, I, I think that once they, once they go that way, like once Carr is either back to playing, in full health or they put Jameis out there. I think that'll raise the ceiling on this offense a little a little bit more just just for everybody in general because they can't like they, they, they can't go on like this. Like this was this <laughs> was Basura um as far as an offensive performance goes.
0: Basura indeed. Now I believe they're traveling up to um New England. So yeah that that could get sticky. Um, even though Judon is probably going to be out. But I digress. Let's go to the next segment. We got doing it and doing it and doing it well. Shout out to L Cool J. This is our segment where we kind of highlight some guys that had some performances that were great, and they've done this before. Again, shout out to L. I represent Queen. She was raised out in Brooklyn. Hey, dance. All right, so quarterback-wise, <laughs> Justin Herbert, and does that Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. Yes, that says him. Um, QB five on the week for Justin Herbert. QB seven for Baker Mayfield. Um, Stat-wise, wasn't actually great for Justin Herbert. 167 yards and a passing TD, but he had two rushing TDs, um, 27 yards. And then Baker, 25 for 32, 246. And three tutties, and he had 31 yards rushing in the win versus the Saints. You got some thoughts on these guys in that performance, and their performances rather?
1: Yeah, if I'm a Justin Herbert manager, like I, I just take this performance, and I, I just feel like I got away with stealing Um <laughs> this, <laughs> these yeah. numbers, man. Like, come on, come on bro, these. These numbers, 12 rushes for 27 yards and two touchdowns. Like, oh man, that that's enough to tilt your opponent in a given week. But, you know, he got there, he made it, and we have seen him, uh, we have seen him light up the scoreboard and um, you know, you using his arm and, and passing before. So, you know, I don't think this is any, you know, part of me would think, okay, maybe I need to be concerned um because these numbers are pretty are pretty trash, but um you know he, we 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 know what Herbert can can do. I believe they're on bye this week. He picked up an injury to his non-throwing hand. Hopefully that gets sorted, and they're able to get back out there. And you know, if he's not going to score putting up these kind of numbers the way he did for much longer, right. so you know, you he walked a jack this time, and you know hopefully. Hopefully it'll it'll pick up going forward with something that's a little more sustainable. Um, as far as Baker, just a really solid day on the road from him versus a good Saints defense. You know, that's uh, you know twenty five of thirty two, two hundred forty six yards passing, three TDs, and then got you thirty one yards on the ground. Like that's that's just that's just super super solid play that you know. With buys coming up, you would have taken that performance like quite quite happily. Um, So, you know, Baker's been pretty solid this year. He is currently sitting at quarterback thirteen on on Fantasy Pro, so he's certainly somebody who's in the mix during bye weeks, uh, given the right matchup. I, I know, I know he has some tough ones coming up. So, like, man, I think they play Buffalo in a little bit. But then he has some kind of not-so-bad matchups. So I think he's a guy who is very much um, a live bet in the the quarterback streaming pool over these next coming weeks.
0: For sure. My only highlight is on Baker. Um, In this game, um, under pressure, he completed 60% of his passes, had a QB rating of 130.8. An EPA uh, per play under pressure of 0.58. That man was elite versus that Saints offense. Wow! <laughs> wow!
1: My goodness, yeah, that's that's a that's a bit eye opening. You know, it's uh, yeah, that's he, he he's moving up my list as um of of guys to potentially stream, man. Um, you know. I'm not. I'm not totally sold on it because this dude has burned me so much um, in, in in the past. But you know, new year, new Baker. I don't know.
0: <laughs> could be. Could be. To the running backs, we had Kyron Williams who finished as RB four. Isaiah Pacheco, RB six. He had 100 yard rushing games uh, against the Jets. And then Derrick Henry, welcome back here to the fold at RB seven. Any thoughts on these guys?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll run through these guys real quick. Um, this was Kyron Williams' third top ten finish to start the season. Usage remains elite. He's pretty much a set it and forget it type of type of play um, yep. on a weekly basis. Only thing is, he did pick up a hip injury in this game. So just you know, kind of watch the practice reports going. Going forward for, for this week, but if he's in, you're you're playing him. Um, I think this has gone too long to be considered flukish. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, like this is interesting. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago that like there were some good signs in his usage, like ticking up and you know, pretty eye-popping usage this week. 63% of the snaps, 65% of the rushing attempts out there for 42% of the routes a 20% target per route run like man like that's um you know given the way that backfield tends to operate that's that's pretty i don't know that's that 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 catches my eye even further you know i'm very comfortable with him as an rb2 at mm-hmm. the moment only thing is you know it is it is the chiefs and you cannot be shocked at all if you put him in your lineup And Andy pulls the rug from underneath your feet like that is that 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 is completely within the realm of possibility. But as far as good trends go and how he's looking and, you know, again, he had this performance against uh, against the Jets, which that's that's not a that's not easy work. So, um, yeah, very impressed by what I saw from him and Derek Henry, you know, game script, game script, game script. That's uh that's the thing with with him um they had positive game script against cincinnati who was just whose offense just can't really do anything right now with with that burrow calf and you know big dog got to eat um it seems like that's going to be his path to success on a weekly basis um so you're just going to you know you you're playing him but as far as what you expect from him you you know if it seems like a situation where um, where Tennessee is gonna is gonna have to be playing from behind, they're gonna be getting their head speed in. That might not be a week where you expect um, big stuff from Big Dog. Um, just as a side note on that, would like to throw in there that Tajay Spears still saw fifty three percent of the snaps and fifty three percent of the routes, so he's still getting he's still getting worked in there. Um, and you know, obviously, his work goes up the more that. Tennessee has to revert to more of a passing attack. So um that's just something to keep an eye on. I still think he's a uh, um, um he, he, he's a he's a strong stash. Um he like he shouldn't be on waiver wires and moderate to deep leagues.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there on on Tajay. And yeah, I think our expectations on Derrick Henry just have to kind of adjust a little bit, maybe towards a lower tier RB1, maybe a upper tier RB2. Um so far this season he is RB16 overall. Has had three performances where he was top 15. So um that is good to see but you know, right now we still haven't seen a top 5 performance. Maybe one of those days are ahead but well he does have two games against my Texans still left so yeah, we'll we'll see about him. Yeah. Speaking of the Texans to the wide receivers, we have Nico Collins, who is wide receiver three, Uh, Puka Nakua, wide receiver four on the week, and Brandon Ayuk, welcome back here, Uh, wide receiver eight on the week. Before I turn it over to you, Daryl, it's time to wax poetic. Oh, my God, Nico Collins. Wax on. Nico Collins this week, seven for 168 and two touchdowns on nine targets. 38% of the targets per route run, 42% of the air yards, saw 33% of the end zone targets, and saw 43% of the targets on third and fourth down. My man was hooping this week. Overall on the season, wide receiver seven, 427 receiving yards, that's the fifth most on 32 targets, three touchdowns, he has 193 yards after the catch that leads the league he has 63 yards after contact that leads the league he's tied for first and first down catches on third and seven or greater with four of those and 70 percent of his overall catches have resulted in first downs that has him in the top 10 in that stat and then the last thing it was a 23-6 to game. Houston has the ball. They're starting to drive. They hand it off to Mike Boone, who fumbles. Nico Collins was engaged in the block, saw the fumble, and immediately dived on the ball. That's what you like to see, baby. I'm better than you. My shape up better. My car fast. My dress better. My clothes better. My hose better. My tattoos better. I'm stronger than you. Nico Collins' season is here, baby. Let's go.
1: Wax off, yeah, man. Um, this is the you know I this is a breakout that that that's happening, and it's um, you know one as a Texans fan, I love I, I love to see it. He seems like you know just a perfect compliment for for, for CJ. Like that's it, you know where he likes to operate and and um, you know with CJ's accuracy over that intermediate to deep part of the field, that's a it, it's a great. It's a great, great marriage. Um I he's a no doubt play to me every week. I think that, you know, he's probably he's probably gonna be a little, you know, a little, a little twinge of boom bustiness to him um uh, for like a couple reasons. One, you know, I think he has he's yet to see 80% of the routes in a game. And you combine that with the fact that his A dot is just so damn high, um, there there is kind of there, there is a bit of a degree of difficulty there for like consistent performance, like a, a consistent like game to game performance. But you know you can't you can't ever ever sit him because that potential is just so great. And I don't you know I I think he's just going to be. In that mix, you know, like when it's all said and done, I see Nico as a lower end one, upper end two to finish the year. Like, yeah, that's that, that's like what, that's that, that's right within the the realm of possibility to to me. And this is, it's just fantastic stuff to see. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really digging the way that they're using him and the, the way that he's performing. And I did not know that about his yak yardage. Um, you know, think it back on his highlights. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I, didn't, uh, I, I, I didn't realize that. For some reason, I just always think it's Debo. Like, if, if you know, if there have been four games played. If Debo plays in two of them, I just assume he's leaving the league and yack. So um, that's, that's my fault for being lazy. Um Speaking of Debo, his teammate Brandon Ayuk comes back from injury, finishes as the wide receiver eight. Totally. Nothing unexpected. The one thing uh, that st- stood out to me: Brandon Ayuk has 17 receptions on 20 targets this year.
0: <laughs> oh, wow! That's <laughs> like come insane. on, bro. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That, that you know, that's you know, give give him credit. Give Brock Purdy credit. Like their 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 work is some magic there. Um, and Puka, you know what what more can be said about this dude further cementing that this breakout is legit it's just you know what do we expect to happen with um when cooper cup mixes back in you can't figure coop you you can't figure you know puka's going anywhere it's just a matter of um what is this what what is this going to look like at the top end for him but yeah this dude this dude is legit man
0: Yeah, he is, and though this is wide receivers, I still got to shout out CMC on this fourth touchdown day. He was, uh, I believe, RB1 on the week. Didn't mention him previously, but, I mean, that man's just doing CMC things. He is what he is. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing else on these guys. You highlighted them well. Let's go with the tight ends. We got the tight end, one on the week, Cole Komet. Tight end two, Mark Andrews. And then I was going to show a little love to Jonu Smith. Um, had him himself a top 10 tight end week. Thoughts on these guys?
1: Um, yeah, good to see Mark Andrews put in a top end a top end game. You know, we didn't get him in week one. And, you know, he got into the end zone on his first game back in week two, I believe. Um, I'm drawing a blank on what he did week three. But, uh, but yeah, th- this week you know, two touchdowns for 80 yards from a tight end. That's uh, that's that's elite the way tight ends going this year. Um, Cole Kmet, you know, I don't put much I don't put much stock in this performance I, I, in in the sense of um, in the sense of being a set it and forget it tight end. Um, you know we we talked about we talked about Denver. And the opportunities they present to passing games the world over. So um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not totally excited to jump into the Cole Komet bandwagon. But as we keep mentioning, we're heading into bye week season. So you know you could, you could try to hunt matchups that you think would be advantageous for him if you find him on on waiver wires. But he tends to be a pretty decently rostered guy. Um, Johnu Smith is. This is just Arthur Smith trolling us, man. Like I <laughs> good, good for John Good for John. Got got nothing against got nothing against him. Um you know, remembering that first year when he went to the Patriots, I thought he was gonna be doing this and maybe a little bit more with them, but uh nope. We're just a couple years early, it seems like. Uh, so so yeah. Um he's he's interesting. I I wouldn't want to stream him, but like at a certain point we gotta just start looking at the reality of what's going on there and yeah. I'm severely severely desperate i i' i may I may give him a look you know if it, if it's getting late at the bar and I don't want to be alone I don't know but uh, <laughs> i'm not I'm not eager i'm I'm not eager about it and i I don't know how real it is.
0: Yeah, I understand that. I think he does enter the streaming bank, though, primarily because, you know, bye weeks are coming up and, you know, options are going to be missing. And so with options missing, guys bump up. I'm not saying he is a stream every week, but you may find yourself in that pinch where you may have to do that, especially depending on how ugly your waiver wire may look. Lastly, in the wrap-up, we got some more. Are you concerned? Five guys here, Daryl listed: Daniel Jones, quarterback for the Giants; Ramondre Stevenson; DeAndre Hopkins; Dallas Goddard; and Chig Okonkwo. Um, I'll hand it off to you. Give me some info on a couple of these guys. How you feeling about them?
1: Sure. I mean, how can you not be concerned after you saw that performance that the Giants' offense put out there this past week on Monday Night Football versus? Seahawks, like that Daniel Jones looked terrible. That offensive line looked terrible. Like nothing about that offense looked good. And the one saving grace, that you could say, is they didn't have Saquon. I don't think Saquon was saving that effort, even even with him being as good as he is. Um, So, yeah, that's that's certainly concerning. It's at a point where if I look at the Giants' matchup and it looks at all difficult, I – I got to start looking elsewhere um, outside of Daniel Jones. I don't think I'm necessarily ready to cut him unless, you know, unless, you know, your your hand is just forced due to trying to manage your roster around um, buys, but he's definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely on my bench um, at, at, at the moment. Um, Ramondre, I'm kind of concerned, but not really as much. I mean, they just play, they, they, that offense hasn't looked great. And they just played Dallas. Um, they they played some tough defenses so far this year. Um, the ceiling on that offense hasn't been great. Now I say that, and it's like, well, what are the prospects for that changing? And I can't say that they're too great. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a moderate level of concern um, <laughs> around around Ramondre. I believe he's currently RB 24. Like that is not what you were that is not what you were paying for um, when when you were drafting him. Right. Um D Hop and Chig, they're about I'm about as worried about them as I have been um through throughout the year, just kind of like with a low ceiling passing offense. And I believe D Hop is still dealing with that. Um with that ankle Chig, I'm not trying to get into my lineup um at, at, at the moment. Um but yeah, I would have been moved off Chig by now. Um if 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 I had, had him on some of my managed league teams. And Goddard, yeah, I've got some concern there too because last year the target tree was condensed around you know around AJ and Devontae and and, and Goddard you know picking up the picking up the rear with like a high teens target target share like um, and he had and it used him in mixed ways you know he was he would get those screen passes he would get deep mm-hmm. looks over the seam and stuff like that. And he's just not getting there. Like his, this man's a dot is somewhere like in the five, six yard range. And, you know, it's just catch the ball, turn around, get tackled kind of usage. Um, it doesn't look like they're designing much for him to, to have like, you know, explosive plays. And yeah, that's, that's concerning. Not enough to go away from him because his you know, he's still, he's still out there a lot, you know, over 90% Route participation he's still like kind of in the mid to high teams in targets here it's just you know they're not asking him to make plays it seems and that's the part that i find a a, a little troubling maybe that'll change going forward but i'm i'm not quite ready to move off him yet
0: yeah my main thing going to goddard like the adot was the same or pretty much the same as it was for last year it's just the target percentage is just a little bit down. He's more around like 15 to 16 percent now. Last year he was a solid 20. Um, so you know, it it's just one of those things. He's in a good offense, so you're not dropping this man at all. I don't think you go out here and you bench him, not not yet, at least, but it's just one of those things you're kind of you're concerned because you spend decent capital on, on a tight end of this level, whereas you know couple rounds later, maybe you got Evan Ingram and you're doing fine, or maybe you're in the streaming streets and work between Musgrave or you drafted Laporta late and you're good there. So all that to say, I think you'll be fine with Goddard. It's just better days are ahead. The only other one I wanted to talk about was Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I'm slightly concerned. Um, I do have him on a team, and I was able to set myself up to where – i i have bench him in one of these weeks and well this past week and it didn't hurt me so um hopefully better days are ahead um but zeke is going to be here he's going to factor in this was a thing last year with damian harris too but stay patient with it overall keep this man in your lineup unless you just have one of those glorious situations which thankfully i have in one league so that's all i got on these guys
1: Sure. Well, you want to get to these uh get to these waivers?
0: Yes, sir. Let's do a little bit of I got five on it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey, hey. All right. These waivers, um, keep in mind bye weeks are here. Cleveland, the Chargers, Seattle Seahawks, and those Tampa Bay Bucks are on buys. So you may be scouring the waiver wire for some guys, and we got a couple for you. Starting with the running back, we got the Denver running back, Jahlil McLaughlin. We talked about him earlier uh, with Denver coming in um, when Javante got hurt. Kind of seemed like almost a split kind of deal with him and Piron, But Piron um, did lead, I believe, in the actual uh, routes part. But 41% of the rushing attempts and Jahlil did see a 38% target per route run. So when he was out there, he had a good chance of getting a catch. I think he's a guy that you should add on your team, especially if you were the Javante Williams manager. And then Chuba Hubbard, uh, Miles Sanders is kind of dealing with the injury and Chuba was worked in more here. I think Chuba's a decent stash. So if you got some guys on your bench that you know, you're not happy with not producing anything at all, I think you can go with Chuba as kind of a backup that you may be able to spot start here, not now this week, but at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I totally co-signed Truber. It feels like he makes this list every week. Um, so yeah, everything I've ever said about him still in effect. As for Jaleel McLaughlin, like he's kind of an interesting case because at this point we're not hundred percent sure what's going to happen with Javante. Um, I've heard talk that like he's very questionable to play this week. So you have that working. There's been a bit of a drumbeat about him, you know, starting towards the tail end of camp this past year. And then, you know, we've seen some of the usage he got in. This man got in one game. He only had one carry, and it was a goal line carry. I think it was like the first game of the year. Got in for a touchdown. He didn't touch the ball anymore the rest of that game, but, you know, has slowly been working in more. Um, this is the kind of – so like if you're in a deep league, this is kind of a you know it's not a it's not a great week on the waivers for running back um, and Jaleel does provide like a glimmer of hope to something else going on. I say all that to say, something else going on, like later on throughout the season. I say all that to say, um, if you want him, you're probably you're probably gonna have to drop a hammer in fab to to get him, and it's not necessarily gonna be worth it. You know, there's a the the path isn't cleared for him to to be there. I mean for, for, for him to pay off. But, you know, again, the pickings are slim at running back and there is at least some hope that he could be a guy. So you know, just kind of just kind of be prepared for that. Like you're not you're not limping in with 10% and getting him. Um you probably shouldn't spare 50%, but um it may take something like north of 25%, 30 percent to to, to, to pull him off, like if if, if I'm, you know, the, the, the way I'm thinking of it. I could be totally wrong on that, but that's kind of the way I see that playing out in some of my deeper leagues that I'm in. For sure,
0: for sure. Wide receivers, got listed here, Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, had himself a good day um, against the 49ers, and he's running about – of the routes now, I believe is what I saw. Um, Saw 17% target share in the past game and saw half of the um, end zone targets. So I think this could be a guy that could emerge over the season and possibly end up being a flex play for you as the season um, goes on. His, again, route participation is going up. Also noted Jaden Reed here, a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Christian Watson did come back this past week but Jaden Reed is still out there um in that slot role uh running about running almost close to 70% of the routes seeing about 15% of the targets i think just another good stash guy that as these bye weeks start coming up he could be a guy that fill in for you and have some performances
1: yeah it seems like Jaden Reed like always makes a big player to every game right um, like yep. It's something, something, something happens with him. And for for a guy who's like he's not the tallest guy in the world, they sure do look for him in the end zone. So like he's um, he, he, he he gets valuable looks. He gets deep looks. He gets end zone looks. And um, yeah, I, I I I I like what's going on with him. Um, I have another Packers receiver on here to mention, Romeo Dobbs. Yep. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, he was only 44% rostered. So that meets our threshold for the you know guys roster 50% or less. Um this past week with Christian Watson back, Dobbs still saw 88% of the routes, and that's where he's been around um, you know, not this these last few games now that he's a little bit healthier. Remember, he started he started the year um also with the hamstring injury, I I believe. But like these last these last few weeks he's been up at 80 plus percent of the routes. Um this last week he saw 30 had a 35% targets per route run um this past week. And he's another one that gets looks in in, in the end zone. So um yeah, I, I definitely think he's a guy to to put on your roster and you could um certainly do worse in looking for people to flex as we navigate the bye weeks. Oh, and a couple more. My fault. I, I'm sorry. Oh. I forgot these other guys. Um, Marvin Mims mentioned him earlier. He he got up to 39% of the routes this past week. He's only 28% rostered. If you're in a situation where you can afford to stash a player, I think he's definitely one to do that with. Um, this one is a little bit ugly and it's kind of contingency. Uh, this past <laughs> week, Traylon. Traylon Burks missed the game. I know, I know. This past week, uh, Traylon Burks missed the game. Um, Nick Westbrook akine ran 81% of the routes, 23% targets per route run. Um, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre didn't get up to 80% of of the routes run this past week. You know, like like we mentioned, he's uh, he's still dealing with that, uh, with that ankle. So, you know, if if you really, really Hard up. Um, you know, I think Westbrook Akeenate could uh you know it's 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 not great, but it's something. It's something. He's he's out there. that's what I can say.
0: It's not great, but it's something. Um to the tight ends, uh talk to me about the couple guys we have here.
1: Yeah, so this should probably be the last week that we could be able to mention this guy. Um Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Um He's seeing six targets per game. Um, you know, you you'd like to see a little bit better route participation from him. I think he's he's in the high sixties um, as far as as far as route participation. But even being in the in the high sixties as far as route participation goes, he's seeing six to eight targets a game mm-hmm. for a tight end for a Dak Prescott tight end. That's that's a that, that's serviceable thats is that, that that is very serviceable. So um I I think he's definitely somebody to help you through bye weeks who who can actually just turn out um to be a guy that you end up rowing with more weeks than not. And Logan Thomas, um he he got back from a concussion this past week. Um he ran 77% of the routes in week four, and he has a decent, decent matchup. This week versus uh, versus the Bears, who I think are giving up like the seventh most points um, in the league to the tight end position. So you know, if you're looking, if you're looking to stream with um, with let's see, with Njoku on by or Gerald Everett and Parham on by or mm-hmm. Noah Fant on by <laughs> or, or Kate <laughs> Otten, then uh, <laughs> then yeah, I mean Noah Fant's been you know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So 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 Logan Thomas, if <laughs> you if you need a if you need a guy to plug in and you know who's gonna be out there for a good number of the routes, the games that he's been healthy, he's been seeing like a 75% route share. So um yeah, that's you can certainly do worse.
0: For sure, for sure. Um quarterback wise, uh first person to have here is CJ Stroud. Uh this is yeah. it's not it's not more so to do with the matchup against Atlanta because they've been kind of stingy um fantasy-wise with points to quarterbacks. But this is just an overall season kind of pickup from what we've seen from CJ so far this season, in particular these past two games. Like he's giving you lower-tier QB1 performances. And so that's a guy that should be rostered. And so, yeah, I, I say roster CJ Stroud. I would be fine with rolling him out against the Falcons, but um, if especially if you're in a bye week with one of these other guys out, but you know, even if your other quarterback has kind of eh, been a little fringy, roll Stroud out there, man. Um, yeah, like a Daniel Sam. Jones type. Right? Yeah, you know, like, like, yeah, like, yes. yeah.
1: If, if you're in a if you're in a situation where you know, like you said, your your QB has been iffy, and you feel like you need to play matchups with your quarterbacks i think yeah i'm right there with you he's definitely one you could you could roster and have two quarterbacks and just kind of flip them around as the matchups dictate
0: absolutely and then another quarterback that i immediately thought of is dak he's traveling out there to san Fran, so if you're a little iffy there roll cj out man um last week you had mentioned sam how uh, has the matchup against the bears we just seen um what russ did against that team with three touchdowns and of course in previous weeks as well with other quarterbacks pat mahomes included so i think he's a good stream this week as well if you are in a bind
1: yeah cool um i'm i'm with that um yeah hopefully maybe you were able to get your hands on Howell last week um or Stroud. yeah but but yeah um that's just a a general a general thing as well just kind of know your know your buy situations and when when your roster allows you to like just go ahead and get ahead of um you know go ahead and try to get ahead of um bye week stuff so like you're not bidding on the guy the week you're gonna need him like you 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 already have him. Um again that's only if your roster can afford it. Like sometimes you could be better off right. just holding on to a back off running a backup running back and you know seeing if something shakes out for him. So anyway. Um, next quarterback I want to mention was Joshua Dobbs. Um, this man's been playing he's been playing some good fantasy ball. Like, you know, especially given the expectations we may have had for him. Um, he's got a matchup against uh against the Bengals coming up this week. I think he's a perfectly a perfectly fine um uh fill-in. I think he's like quarter somewhere between quarterback 14 and 16. Um, on on the year so far, but you know, he's got kind of a rushing floor. You know, we we saw that kind of like what he did against the Giants, um, get getting into the end zone a, a couple times. I I want to say he's not afraid to uncork that thing to, to to Marquise and the the Cardinals. You know, even though they're one and three, they're not they're not you know they're not helpless tomato cans out there. Like these <laughs> these guys are playing some decent football, so. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's perfectly serviceable. And then, like I mentioned um, last week, um, Stafford would have been a good guy to pick up last week. And if he's still out there, it would be a good guy to pick up this week if you need him to help fill in for a bye situation. Um, now, they're playing; they're playing the Eagles, and these haven't been the Eagles fantasy-wise against quarterbacks that we remember from last year. They've been giving up the seventh most points to the quarterback position. Through these first four weeks of the year, we know that the Rams the Rams really slang that thing around. Um, I think they're like top four or five in the league in pass rate over expected. Off chance you'll have Cooper cut back um, and, and off chance that, you know, he hits his regression this week. Like we mentioned earlier, the man has over twelve hundred passing yards, but only three. Touchdowns on on the season. That's gonna that's gonna fix itself. So, I mean, yeah. you know, um Jalen Jalen Hurts. I mean, didn't Jalen Hurts have like three touchdowns on three hundred yards or something this week, or, or somebody? I'm, I'm I'm mixing somebody up there. But so like, yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford is due for some for some touchdown regression. um So you know, I I, I think he's a he's a good matchup. At the very least, you know the volume should be there.
0: For sure, for sure. Well, that's the end of our waivers. I got five on it section there, so you know what that means, good people. Let's get into a little bit of DBB. Let's go to our betting sheet, uh, as brothers. Again, we do battle, and we battle by betting the spreads or the over unders on every game. Uh, this week in week four, Daryl went eight and ten. I went eleven and seven. Overall, Daryl is 35, 32, and one with a 52 percent. I am sitting at a juicy 43, 23, and 2 at 65.2 percent. I'm on your head, boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you 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 you're a really lucky guy, man. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. I love it. Um I love it. So, so, some of these calls, you know, I don't know, I don't know. I felt, uh, I felt okay, kind of, kind of putting them in. I think maybe what might have been a bridge too far, and we, we both did this. But one of the calls that we both got wrong this week was um, was Carolina taking yeah. the three and a half for Carolina versus versus Minnesota, and it's not the, it's not the thing. That, you know, Minnesota is one of those teams that, you know. They just pull results out of a hat. But I think it was more just like underestimating just how bad Carolina is, um, especially with the way Bryce has been playing. No, no shade to Bryce or anything like that. But, you know, it just really feels like they don't have any answers when um, when when he's playing. So, you know, that that might have been a spot I would have looked to to revisit. Um and then we both. We both took Pittsburgh, uh, laying the three to Houston, in Houston. I, yeah, I feel like I need to take a lap around the city for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of those things. Um, I was just kind of riding the wave of Pittsburgh coming off a win against Vegas. And I thought us coming off that high of Jacksonville, we may have a letdown spot in we did not let down at all. So uh, I'll take my lap on that. Um, I did lock the under on the Baltimore Cleveland game, and my mind was pretty much set on doing that even before the news of um DTR and whatnot. And I planned on doing that regardless, because I talked about on last pod, I felt like it'd be a 1710 kind of game, but it got home very easy with uh, DTR being there and Cleveland being able to do nothing offensively, really. Um, also, the other game, Buffalo-Miami, uh, two-and-a-half point spread there. I went with Buffalo. Buffalo is just on a murderous trail right now. They killed the Raiders. They killed the Commanders. And then they handle a business here at home versus Miami. And then finally, I'll give you kudos. Um, let me get the official name. Wait for it. I should, It should be MetLife, right? It is. MetLife Stadium, um, if you you know want to take a lap for yourself, you went 2-0 in games in that building this week. So shout-outs to you with going with the Jets plus the points, and then you locked in on Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got it. I wasn't very confident about that Jets bet like, uh, at at all. Um, (laughs) That wasn't, I I'm not going to sit here and act like, uh, you know, that was easy pickings, but, um, you know, the locking, locking the Seattle versus the giants, bet, like, I, I just didn't see why the Giants should be favored against, against Seattle. Like that didn't make any, any, any sense to me um and that was before you know the daniel jones meltdown you know they had what so this was week 4 so coming into this week they had played six halves of football only one of those halves had been any good at all and that was um that, that was against arizona and they still almost lost that game like i was just no i i had no faith in that <laughs> Giants team to cover that one and it happened to be a call that i got right so um yeah at least i got that working for me but i gotta i got a lot of work to do to uh, to to try to make a comeback over these final uh, 13 14 weeks
0: yeah bit by bit by bit piece by piece man you'll you have to make that comeback but right now we got the lead in the Shepherd household up in the D town. So hey, we'll take it with that. To week five, we go. Uh put in the spreads there. Um, any of those jump out to you? Any of them intrigue you at all?
1: Uh let me let, let me look through them real quick. Ooh, Buffalo only minus five and a half versus Jacksonville. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think they're going to tear through Jacksonville. You know, it's eh, like, it's more or less neutral site. Like, um, you know, that, that that's going to be in London. Right. Um, that one's, that, that one's intriguing to lay those five and a half with, um, with Buffalo. Um, And then I think that's, yeah, I, I, I think that's all that, that, that jumps out so far. Um, Oh, Denver laying a half to the jets and laying one and a half to the jets. Hmm. I might have to ride the jets again. (laughs) I'm going flying baby.
0: Wouldn't, wouldn't blame you there. Um, Man, that, that game seems like it wants to be an under so bad. But, um, yeah, to your point, going back earlier to the Jacksonville-Buffalo game, uh, five-and-a-half uh, spread there, that's an interesting spot, man, because Buffalo's traveling. Meanwhile, Jacksonville's just been there chilling um, for over a week. So I don't know if you believe in spots like that or how much you may factor into that, but that's just interesting to me there. Um It'll be interesting to make that read there. Uh, Houston, Atlanta, Atlanta, a point and a half favorite. Like everything that we've seen from these teams in these four weeks, it I don't know how you lay Atlanta there, but, you know, it, it makes sense to somebody, but I'll have to do some research, get in the lab. And then the game that stood out to me the most, only because of such a high number, and I don't think we've probably seen this in a while, Detroit minus nine. Like, what world are we living in now? But they are facing the Carolina Panthers at home. So I understand it. It makes sense because from what we've seen from Carolina so far. But that is interesting to me. Very
1: interesting. That, yeah, that's a lot of that's a that, that's a lot of points. And it kind of feels like maybe you know you're buying um buying Detroit at like their highest price there at yeah. um at minus nine, I bet like um, in on the quote unquote real books um, that number is going to come down through, uh, through. or maybe not, or maybe not. I mean, Carolina has been pretty damn bad, but I do, I do agree with you. I guess I kind of looked over. I do agree with you. Um, Atlanta laying that laying that one and a half. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Is this the lay down spot for for, for Houston? Because I. I feel like you know what? Okay. So Houston is kind of quote unquote favorite in this because Atlanta's not laying the full two and a half three, right? So it it is kind of just kind of saying that they like Houston on a neutral field. Um but yeah, that 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 is an interesting interesting one. Um I'd I like the Houston money line on that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be plus money. Um I, I did lie. I did say that was it for me, but I did have two more. The first one, uh, Miami and the Giants look like the market correct itself there. Miami is an 11 point favorite. Um, so there you go on that. And then, of course, in the IDK game, I don't know. We got Tennessee and Indy. Indy is a point favorite. Oh, boy, that's just going to be a pure. I don't know if I'm if I'm picking the spread. Cause I, what you gonna sit on, or what leg you can stand on, to say, okay, which side you like more? Cause that seemed like a damn coin toss game.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna feel like that for the next little bit in all the AFC South head-to-heads. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's gonna yeah. be uh, <laughs> it's gonna be real kind of like, I don't know, you call it type, of, type situation.
0: <laughs> right, right, but. Right on, man. So as you see on the sheet, it's a little bit less because we do have four teams out. So we're gonna be going through this probably the next well until I think week 12 or 13, where the sheet will be a less will be less games to pick from. So football season is here, bye weeks are here. Um I guess before we get out of here though, Darrell, you got anything for the good people?
1: Um, yeah, man, keep having fun with your fantasy get on there and work the waiver wires um and yeah this is probably the time where it's time to start looking at trades if uh if things aren't going too well for you maybe start looking to, to shake things up um a, a, a little bit you know who knows if if what you've been doing ain't working for you then uh then maybe uh maybe it might be time to move on to greener pastures. <laughs>
0: right right well you know they say change comes two ways it's either inspiration or desperation and so hey if you in that one and three or oh and four zone which i am in a couple well not a couple in one league maybe it's desperate time so hey may have to make a move but the game continues Uh, we'll be back in a couple days we'll have our preview pod preview some matchups Recap our I Can Do That segment and a little DBB picking for that Commanders Bears game. I am Derek, my brother Daryl. We're out of here, guys.
1: Peace.